0: Chelsea Tanner, and welcome to Align Your Mind. I am a flutist and a mindset coach. I had such an amazing weekend. This weekend, I went to Penn State University, which is somewhere I taught about five years ago, and I just got to experience a bunch of wonderful presentations for their Women in Music Day. And I got to teach a flute master class, which I love doing, and I got to speak about all of this stuff to people who've never heard all of these concepts before. And I was just so excited to share it with all of them. It was so rewarding and it really got me thinking about,, um, you know, what I talked about last week on the podcast, which was a, you know, your agency as a music student. But it also kind of, helped spark this incredibly useful fundamental concept about practicing and the idea of practicing for yourself, like for your future self, for the comfort of your future self. So that could mean your future self in your lesson, your future self tomorrow, your future self tonight when you feel like you can't sleep because you didn't practice enough, right? Just managing all of that stuff But it's also for your future self on stage, too. So, I was thinking about this, because I talked about that a bit in the class, and how to make practicing an actually really enjoyable experience for yourself. And I was thinking about this concept because I consider practicing for my future self an act of self-love. And I really do feel that a lot of the times when I practice, of course, there are ups and downs. Of course, I'm not perfect at feeling self-love all the time. That just doesn't happen. But I wanted to talk about a very specific topic because it's something that I hear teachers, like professors at music schools talk about a lot. And it's a thing that a lot of underclassmen and undergraduate students freak out about a lot. And that is scales. So usually in music school, you'll have to play all of your major and minor scales or have them at the ready for your jury at the end of the year. And this causes a lot of mind drama for a lot of students it causes maybe a bit of tension between a teacher and a student. If the student's not able to practice well, they're unmotivated, and the teacher kind of has strict scale rules. I've heard of this happening a lot of places, right? A lot of teachers really believe in the foundation and the fundamentals of scales. And I think that I wanna talk about this from a student perspective first and then reflect on it as a teacher so I think that when we go into college there's this expectation that you should know your scales right we learn them in high school for solo and ensemble we kind of think that good musicians know their scales it's kind of like a basic foundation fundamental thing And when we talk about it in this way, it's internalized, like, oh yeah, I know my scales. Like, even if we don't, even if you couldn't play, like, all 36 of them right now, (laughs) like, you would probably claim to know them because you're a music major and that's what good musicians do. However, quote-unquote knowing intellectually your scales and then being able to reproduce any scale at a moment's notice Are two really different things. And when teachers say you have to learn your scales, of course you do. But there's a lot of shame in not quote unquote knowing your scales, which is probably what the student is perceiving when that's said to them. And so knowing your scales and being able to do your scales flawlessly and you know, with a beautiful sound that you really like, and comfortably, those are different things, right? So intellectually knowing and actually doing are two different things. And playing these skills in different contexts are all skill-based things, right? Being able to play them in your practice room, that's a skill. Being able to play them in your lessons is a skill and being able to play them in your jury is a skill right so from a student's perspective what does knowing your scales mean does that mean i intellectually know what they are or does that mean i can comfortably play them wherever i feel super solid and we don't talk in terms of emotions a lot of the time um, and we don't measure whether we can do something based on how it feels. So we get into this like freeze and hope as a student, that's what I like to call it. I call it kind of mentally bailing on myself, but this like freeze and hope of like, oh, I kind of freeze up and I just hope it goes well. And that's not where we ever want to be, right? Cause that does not feel good. So. Instead of saying I have to learn my scales or I have to practice my scales in order to check a box, it's like, okay, I am in music school because I'm choosing to be in music school and I want to make this process as easy for myself as possible and that might mean spending more time on scales than I think I should have to. And that is completely relative. If you ask me right now, could I play all of the major and minor scales flawlessly in one go, uh, I'd probably make a mistake or two, to be honest with you, because I haven't practiced doing that, right? That's not something that's necessarily easy to do. And it's not necessarily under my finger. So it does take some training to do that. You know, I I have to say, I don't play all of my scales every day. And if you want to judge me for being a mad bad musician, like go right ahead. <laughs> I don't I don't care. Um, but if you do want to do all your scales every day, that's great too. I don't think anyone's any more or less of a musician. I don't know if, you know, some great like performers, like Paul McCartney doesn't even know how to read music. So I always give my pa- myself a, a little bit of a pass. Can I play all my skills? Well, yes, yes, I can. Have I practiced them in this order to do them at this specific time? No, I have not. So if I were to have a jury or something, I would know from hindsight, right? Now that I can look back, that's something to train for. The same as like, you shouldn't already know a piece that you haven't practiced, a bunch, right? <laughs> so, really thinking about okay, I have these scales. How can I make them easy for myself? Usually that means slowing them down, giving yourself some time and space to do them, and really asking if you're having trouble about specific things. If you're having trouble with consistency, what does your teacher recommend? Offer what you've tried already. Try a bunch of different things. Um, ask your peers what works for them. Be really open and honest about this stuff. There's a lot of shame that comes from not knowing how to do quote unquote basic fundamental things. But I have to say, the entirety of your learning experience for your instrument is just relearning fundamental things, it's just learning how to do things differently fundamentally for the rest of forever right I make make, I've made a fundamental change this year it's only March to my playing and it's really helped but I think to be open about that I have to let go of any sort of ego right and accept myself for where I am today that's why I can tell all of you that if you ask me to play all 36 scales in a row without a mistake I don't think I can do it so I hope that Alleviates any (laughs) concern, but if I practice it, I could. I know that I could, and you can too. So, um, that's where I feel like a lot of students come from is like there's this shame in not knowing it already, but there really is no shame in not knowing it already, right? Like, I don't have any shame about telling you about this once again. I feel like I'll have more judgment to someone who judges me for it (laughs) than I will for myself. And that takes time to cultivate, but I'm on my own team about this one. Now, as a teacher, I feel like it can be frustrating too. It's like, why won't they just practice these scales? It's so easy to say, like, why won't they just do the work? Why won't they just spend the time? Well, it's because they feel shame that they can't do it already. When, when we feel shame, we're not willing to go slower. When we feel shame, we're not willing to be vulnerable, to make mistakes, especially not when there's other people in the practice room next to us. That's a hard, that's a hard environment to be in. I feel like sometimes we forget. But it's like being in a warm-up room for an orchestral audition, but, like, all the time. Like, everyone's always listening, right? Um, And I want to mention that, too, right? Like, teachers tend to say, like, oh, just put the work in. I had to put the work in. You have to put the work in. And I think that, of course, you have to put the work in. But to actually do the work, you have to alleviate some of the shame. Otherwise, it's the easiest thing to avoid. Oh, what am I going to avoid today? The thing that makes me feel shame. <laughs> that's for that's for sure. So I want to mention that because it's easy to say, oh, it's just more time. It's just more, you know, concentration. It's just more focus. Why don't they care enough about this? And, you know, I've heard these things. But I think it really is not necessarily conveying... The importance of it, right? Because if they're feeling shame, and then a teacher says, Scales are so important, they're fundamental, you got to really work on them. It's like, oh crap, okay. Their brain is trying to figure out, okay, this feels terrible. I feel so much more shame because this is a really important fundamental thing that I can't do, and I can't do it, and I can't do it, and I can't do it yet. And so I feel so much shame because I can't do it. And then that plays on a loop, and they're going to practice from that place? That doesn't feel good at all. That's not empowering. And this is just my opinion and just what I've observed. I have to say students take things, negative things to heart a lot more than positive things. That's human nature. That's a negativity bias that we have as humans. So it makes sense that that might be a more effective quote unquote way to teach. It's like a shortcut, but in the long run, it's really detrimental. And I see it every day in all of the clients I coach. They're beating themselves up. They're not accepting of themselves. They're not open to themselves making mistakes. And when that happens, the learning process slows to a halt eventually. And some students just shut down faster. And don't even get to the scales. It's really easy to mistake a student feeling shame for a lack of motivation and a lack of caring when really it's self-protection for them most of the time and i'm being generalizing but i think this happens more than we think and i think teachers are also just doing their best they don't know this work if you've listened to all these episodes Amazing. I love you. Thank you so much. But also, you have a context and you have tools that most people don't know. And to expect teachers to know that is not part of their job. I wish it was. I would love it to be, right? To know the thought model, to know all these things that thoughts create feelings, that feelings really fuel all of our actions. And if we fuel them with shame, it never leads to a positive result, right? I wish we all knew that but we don't so I think compassion on both sides is so crucial but to have compassion for your teacher for not understanding maybe that you have shame or as a teacher for your student not understanding their point of view and as you a listener right now whether you're a future student or a former student or a future teacher a former teacher a current teacher current student right wherever you are in this in this landscape it's so important to know that you can only have compassion for other people when you feel safe when you feel compassion and love for yourself and I won't say only but it's so much easier too oh my gosh When you feel seen and heard by yourself and you feel compassion for yourself and you feel love for yourself, oh my God, that's so much different walking into a lesson on either end of that situation, teacher or student. And I think scales is such an interesting example I found when I was teaching at the college level non-majors had a lot easier time with scales than major students and you wouldn't think that would be the case I'm not saying they played at a higher level but they had a much easier time with scales and scale exams because there wasn't the shame because they knew that their identity wasn't wrapped up in it so this goes both ways teachers are expected to have their students pass their juries and they're trying to do their best and students are trying to do their best. And to assume anything else feels bad. Wouldn't recommend. So having compassion for yourself when it takes you a long time to learn a scale, so important. It takes everyone a long time to learn scales. I don't know... (laughs) why we have this idea that they're not difficult they are they are it's difficult to get up on a stage and play scales so just keep that in mind (laughs) as you practice think about practicing and making it easy for yourself and from a caring point of view let yourself take the time you need to learn things deeply. Take the time you need. That, that might be the, the two hours that you set aside today. Right? To create a space for yourself that you like, that you can do every day. If you think about how you treat yourself in your practice room every single day, and you're planning to be a career musician, are you willing to do that day forever? If not, that's good information. Maybe some change of pace is in order. Right? But having your own back, practicing for your future self, making sure that you're comfortable, and you're going over the passage one more time because you want to have your own back on stage, not because you should. That's such a bad reason to do anything, right? You're not doing it because you should. You're doing it because you want to feel comfortable on stage. And asking yourself how you feel when you practice is so vital. And be honest with yourself. If you haven't practiced scales deeply, I know I didn't until like, honestly, until I was like 24. I had my own stuff to deal with. I didn't deeply do Tafnel Gobert, which is like the flute Bible. <laughs> I didn't do those exercises very well until I was in my artist diploma. And it was hard to face it then. I had so much shame. I was just defiant and say, I just said it wasn't a priority. And there was something else. There's other things I'd experienced that led to so much shame that I avoided that book altogether. I like played out of it, kind of. So if I had learned before, you know... I, I felt a bunch of shame. I could do those exercises, but not not the harder ones. And I just didn't bother. And I got away with it until I didn't. And I'm so glad I had to face it, because I had to go really, really slow. And I had had a master's degree at that point. So I want to share that, because I think it's so important. That's how far shame can be taken. Till you're in your mid-20s <laughs> right and if I had just learned how to gain this perspective earlier I think it would have afforded me so much I don't know if I would have been able to hear it but I ho- I wish it I wish I could have <laughs> at least experienced a little bit of it If you're working on scales, wherever you are in your journey, if you're a teacher, if you're a student, if you're just listening to this for mindset stuff, think about something that you need to do that seems so basic. That's like me and laundry. Also, I don't like laundry. I know it's like such a basic adult thing to do. But I have a lot of like, I just don't like it. I'm not I'm not always good at like making things seem really neat and I have shame around that. Anyway, this isn't this isn't a therapy session for me. This is This is a podcast, but that's just one example, right? You can have shame about any sort of quote-unquote basic thing you should quote-unquote be I say these in quotes because it's so important that they're not true. I haven't cultivated a good relationship with myself around laundry yet, and that's okay we're all learning. <laughs> but if I'm able to say, Oh, I want to do this for myself, or I want to, um, you know, meal prep for myself, because I know I'm going to be super tired tomorrow, because I have a really busy day. And I want to do that for myself. So it's easy. Instead of Ugh, I know, I really like should do that. And I should go to yoga, and I should practice and I should. It's like, no, it's, you should do it. For For your future self. And if you don't feel. That kind of connection with yourself right now. That you want to do things for you. I've been there too. And if you would like to work on that. That's exactly what I help people with. So. I have a 30 day. Choose your own adventure. Program that I'm rolling out. And it's choose your own adventure because there are five different categories that I'm offering and they're all a month long. So it's thirty days, three to four sessions with like voxer support in between. So we can like walkie-talkie back and forth in case you have questions or need to be coached at a moment's notice. Um, within these thirty days I am so there for you. And these five adventures you can go down are changing your relationship with your instrument which is so crucial if you want a lifelong relationship with your instrument Um, audition prep where we create a mental audition preparation and audition plan for you so you know exactly how you're going to feel and we practice it And I've seen this work so well in my own life, but in my clients too, Um, performance anxiety. We talk all about the fundamentals of overcoming performance anxiety and we get to rehearse all of that anxiety and put up mental roadblocks for that anxiety and feel differently. It's amazing. Um, The fourth category is putting yourself out there as an artist. So if you have a hard time, putting yourself out there on the internet as a musician and you don't want to post playing videos because that would make you feel nauseous, um, talk talk to me. We can talk about all of it. It's about feeling safe while putting yourself out there and I think it's so crucial especially for musicians now. And then the fifth is creating a loving and confident relationship with yourself to gain self-confidence and self love so it's the foundations for all of those things i give you so many tools it's not a super long commitment but you can also combine them um in any way you want so it's a choose your own adventure and i'm so excited about it and it's going to be up on my website soon it's not right now and that's okay i'm just announcing it here um but if you have um questions about it or you want to learn more I offer 45-minute preliminary coaching calls so you can get a taste of what coaching is going to be like. You'll walk away with some tools. And we figure out if you're a good fit or we're a good fit to work together, rather. And, yeah. So if you're interested in that, there is a link in the show notes to sign up and schedule a time to meet. And if none of those times work, just, you know, DM me on Instagram or something. We'll, we'll figure it out. So, all right. I hope you have a beautiful week. Be kind to yourself when you practice. Have your future selves back. I'll see you next week.